so that was a, a triple net lease um, with Dr. Cockerell. And I think we closed on that uh, December 2019, if I recall correctly. And so that one actually came to me through just uh, an organic relationship, actually, with another a doctor, Dr. Sink, who um, has been in this space. And so he found me, um, we got to talking, we realized, hey, this makes a lot of sense for our investors who are physicians. It's very uh, easy for them to understand, you know, what this investment would entail. Um, but um, uh, at that time, I had not done, you know, a triple net lease uh, kind of offering. And so it's great learning opportunity. And, and then to be able to share that, you know, with our members who went into the project with us. This is the Providers, Properties, and Performance podcast, the podcast that brings together leaders in healthcare and investment real estate to consider the possibilities and future at the intersection of practicing medicine and healthcare real estate investment returns. Welcome to the Providers, Properties, and Performance podcast. I am your host, Trisha Talbot. As a healthcare real estate advisor to providers and investors, the best solutions occur when the two collaborate together as partners in delivering better patient care. Providers can deliver care to their patients when and where they need it, and investors realize the returns to build and manage facilities. We explore changes in medicine and wellness, the future of healthcare, and using real estate as a strategic and financial tool. The interview in today's podcast episode is with physician owner, Cherry Chen. Cherry is an internal medicine hospitalist for her day job and co-founder of The Real Estate Physician, a real estate investment firm. We discuss how she entered the investment real estate market and a medical office building her company and partners purchased from an organic physician network relationship. She also shares her journey from passive to active investing and admits that she is still learning. Cherry, welcome to the Providers, Properties, and Performance podcast. Thanks, Tricia. I'm really excited to be here, and hopefully um, it'll be good learning for everybody. <laughs> so walk me through, you're an internal medicine hospitalist, and you started becoming, um, would call you a physician investor, but just a real estate investor who happens to be a physician, and you started a company called The Real Estate Physician. So, so how did you start in going yeah. into the investment direction? Um, I hope I won't take you through my whole life, but um, <laughs> yeah, so certainly was not planned. Um, you know, I'm a trained physician. So um, as your audience, you might very well know, it's a pretty straightforward path. It's everything's kind of laid out for you to become a doctor. You don't really have to think about, you know, your next steps, right? Um, uh, everything's required. Um, but, you know, uh, that came at the expense, I would say of, you know, time and, you know, space to think about, a lot of other things. Uh, and so when you graduate, come out of residency and start working, you have a bigger paycheck, you have debt, you have mortgage, just like everybody else. And so um, I think it was just in that context, as I finished training and became an attending, um, I only had exposure to, you know, 401k. That's kind of all I heard. I maybe understood stocks a little bit, but beyond that, um, I had no training, no exposure, no really friends that talked about it. So it became um, really just kind of a journey of uh, my own self-discovery and learning and really giving myself um, the space to ask those questions as I, you know, was out of training and had to really ask myself these questions because nobody really taught us. Um, and so it was mainly that's kind of how it started. And what interested you in real estate investing? Yeah. Um, and I wish I could say I was smart enough to be like, oh, well, there's these tax benefits and cash flow <laughs> and appreciation. But I had never heard of any of those terms before at all either. And so I was like, I think most people you think, okay, real estate, you intuitively understand it. You've 
grown up in an apartment or lived in a house before um, and um, Airbnb. And so I was thinking I, I was living in Dallas and I just get an Airbnb condo or townhome and I could decorate it. And I thought that was just going to be so much fun. Literally like the end of my thought process there. So it wasn't a lot of, you know, forethought or or intention other than that. Um, But what it allowed me to do was to then, you know, um, ask myself these questions like, oh, well, is this an investment that, okay, what actually makes an investment? Um, Oh, what are my goals in an, uh, into an investment? Um, Because I didn't even know, like, I had to consider what are my goals into investment rather than thinking, Oh, that's a great investment. I should just put money into a 401k. Um, And so um, it pretty much stopped there. But what that allowed me to do was then, okay, um, really learn, okay, there are tax benefits, or there are other things besides uh, putting my money into a 401k for you know, the next 40 years. And so that's kind of where I began to learn, okay, what makes real estate an attractive investment? Does that fit me? Um, what do I want my money to do in an investment? Yeah. So um, what did you learn from your first real estate investment? Um, so I would actually say I, I got lucky. And so this was, I, I probably, uh, my first one was a, as a passive limited partner into a multifamily syndication. So, um, I didn't even know what any of those words meant. Like I said, I didn't know, uh, multifamily stood for apartments, but it was after, you know, six months of just kind of digging around online, um, talking to people, looking at bigger pockets, um, you know, going a couple meetups to say, oh, okay. Um, I, I think I have a general uh, idea of okay, what is a syndication? What does that mean when I'm a limited partner and a passive investor? And you know that fit me really well, right? Being a full time physician, um, I did not want to be active in real estate as as much as an Airbnb sounds fun. When I actually think about it, um, uh, I want my investment to go to work, and I want to go to work, and I don't want to think about it, right? And so um, I was learning all of that, then you know, really digging down into the education of you know. Um, uh, what makes a syndication? What are some of these terminologies? Um, and so that's my very first one was actually into a multifamily syndication as a passive investor. So how did you get from passive to more of an active role? Yeah. Um, so that again uh, is like pretty much kind of um, what I do is pretty organic and, and just um, I just kept learning and learning um, and uh, in my own education uh, being, you know, pretty analytical and wanting to really understand how all the pieces fit together, right? And so I just kept going to more conferences or, you know, buying books, listening to every podcast out there of, okay, the A to Z of what is a multifamily syndication beyond just me putting, you know, $50,000 into a deal, for example. So, um, and so it was through that process that, you know, kind of opened my eyes to, okay, well, this is a lot of steps. Um, do I want to be a part of it uh, beyond just putting my investment money? And I just very much enjoyed it. Um, I think it allowed me to um, think about something outside of medicine. Um, and <laughs> even though it's a very different field, um, it very much fits with my personality um, as an internist, meaning I like to understand every part um, of a system and I like to understand how they interplay against each other. And, um, and so that's kind of what got me into wanting to just learn um, everything about syndications and then, uh, really then, you know, just met people I like, right. And then you say, okay, um, I understand this kind of asset. I understand the benefits. Um, does it make sense to partner? Right. Then you become on the active side. Right. And then right now you guys, if this is still accurate, have 1.1 billion in assets under management. 
Yeah. And so that's since, so the company Real Estate Physician was founded in 2018. So, um, and that's through, you know, every one of our partnerships um, into, uh, we've done mostly multifamily. Uh, we've also done self-storage, a medical office building, um, and then a mobile home park. So we've done kind of across the spectrum as well as, um, you know, really distressed assets, you know, more stabilized or, you know, real estate development. And so um, that, um is then, you know, finding the right partners, getting to know them. And we think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the numbers work out, then we partner with them and then go into these projects together. So do you, do they typically come to you or do you find a property yeah. and then get investors involved? Um, I think now it's probably both, right? Um, and so since I, you know, know, know more people in the industry, but in the beginning, it was purely me uh, just uh, going to conferences and meeting, uh, you know, those in the field sponsors um, uh, as a passive investor myself. Right. Um, so I wasn't really going out there and say, hey, you want to partner? I'm going to bring on investors or anything like that. That just came way later um, after, uh, you know, creating the business, um, after just having a lot of organic conversation with friends and colleagues in medicine, outside of medicine, because as you know, it's, um, even though it's might be common to us, a lot of people still don't know um, you can invest this way. Right. And yeah. um, so you have all these partnerships. So how do you do the the actual day-to-day -day operation of managing? And um, I'm sure there's yeah. some leasing and accounting and all of that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would be, I would be, uh, what's the word? Uh, remiss to say that I do it myself, right? right. There's no way there's only 24 hours and there's no way I understand every accounting, you know, box. Um, but, you know, um, you know, a syndication, right, is a team, right? And so, um and this is what makes it different. Like if I went to, you know, purchase my own single family, I could do it myself or more likely than not, maybe have a manager um, to fix things. Um, but in a syndication where you're talking about, you know, 10, 20, $100 million properties, like it should not be done by one person, right? And so, um, so while it's not my main role to manage these assets on a daily basis, right? I am part of the team. We do have asset management calls. We know what's going on with the properties, uh, what you know, projects we're working on, um, what's our occupancy, what you know, what we want to do with our unit turnovers. Um, but you know, that is not my forte um, or nor is it what I want to spend my time on. Um, so basically kind of when I learned, you know, all the different roles, um, it really came down to um, what are my strengths, but also what is the highest and best use of my time, right? So you want everybody on the syndication team um, that's really taking care of investors' money and the asset to really be poised for like the, you know, the, the, the strongest, you know, value they can add to the team. So my value is, um, really understanding who our partners are after getting to know them, really understanding how to actually do due diligence um, on these investments, and then being able to, you know, translate that to, you know, busy physicians or, or people working who, yeah, it's interesting, but they're not, they don't want to spend, you know, 300 hours, you know, uh, digging up all this information. So um, a lot of my uh, role is investor education, investor guidance. Um, and then if everything makes sense, right, we, we can see if it makes sense for them to invest. Well, my podcast audience is specifically, you know, around healthcare real estate. So I want to focus on the medical office building that you guys have. It's Cockrell uh, Medical Office. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that one is actually, um, are the, actually our only one that's a medical office building yeah. and I hope we can do more. And so that was a, a triple net lease, um, uh, with Dr. Cockerell. And I think we closed on that, uh, December, 2019, if I recall correctly. And so that one actually came to me through just, uh, an organic relationship actually with another, a doctor, Dr. Sink, who, um, has been in this space. And so, 
he found me. Um, we got to talking. We realized, hey, this makes a lot of sense for our investors, for our physicians. It's very uh, easy for them to understand, you know, what this investment would entail. Um, but um, uh, at that time, I had not done, you know, a triple net lease uh, kind of offering. So it's great learning opportunity. And, and then to be able to share that, you know, with our members who went into the project with us. Well, I have two questions um, as a response to this, but um, the first one is, so this is your only medical office. What did you feel about the due diligence and underwriting that was required for this? Cause I'm sure it probably had a pretty long lease on it as well. Um, yeah. You know, but did it need any like common area improvements or, you know, was there anything in due diligence for a medical office property that was not a part of some of the other stuff that you had? Um, so actually, no. And so I guess, you know, each offering is pretty unique, but the uh, the building was actually already owned and uh, Dr. Cockrell was already running his practice research. Um, and the way you can structure, which I didn't know, is that it was actually a master lease. So then, you know, and then as the, you know, sponsor or the group, then we don't have to worry about, you know, right. leasing it or finding the tenants. So it was structured in just such a favorable way where it was a master lease, personal guarantee, triple net lease, medical office building near UT Southwestern. Yeah. And so I was like, <laughs> check, 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 check. And, um, and so, you know, definitely looking to do more because it just makes a lot of sense for our audience. Great. So then the second part of my question, so you, you mentioned, are a lot of your investors physicians as well? Yeah. So, you know, I'm a physician, so it just kind of uh, is my natural tribe. Um, and right. so um, I'm lucky in that way uh, because, right, we do have uh, income, a pretty stable, secure job, and uh, but we want to invest wisely and, um, and be educated, right? So that that's kind of how I've kind of structured the way the group is and, in, in trying to make sure, one, we are informed about our investments um, that we know what we're investing into uh, because there have been also, you know, horror stories, you know, on the, on the other side. We'll share a horror story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah, I can share a story of mine, but I just like in general where, uh, you know, physicians are always complaining of advisors coming to them or oh, right. investing into things and then, you know, not, not realizing what they invested into afterwards. Um, so I was ma mainly meaning that, but um, thankfully I haven't had any terrible horror stories uh, from my investments. But you know, I, I did have one syndication investment that was multifamily of my own personal one. Um, not that we did as a group. This was before then, where um, it was just a smaller, older property. You know, and the sponsorship was more fragmented, meaning it wasn't one cohesive team. Um, it had many members, which is good, but it wasn't a cohesive team. And then it being an older property and not having enough scale. Um, being a smaller team, that's kind of where it ran into trouble, where we needed more maintenance, you know, some unexpected capital expenditure um, things. And so um, I got distributions for about a year, a year and a half. Uh, and then, then we started having, you know, budget and changing uh, management. Ultimately, the project went on to sell, um, but I lost about 30%, you know, of my capital in that. So um, so I'll be happy that was a learning experience and not too, too terrible. <laughs> right. Those, those aren't yeah. fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it happens to all of us um, on some level if you invest long enough, but um, that was one of my earlier ones. Well, I, I like that you talk about having a team because it's, I, I feel horrible sometimes. I, I get these properties um, that physicians have owned and they bought them, I think, you know, almost as if it was just like a super quick conversation. Hey, you know, I need to sell my property. It's a, you know, and, and they just get excited about investing in commercial real estate. 
And I don't know if they are misadvised or they don't look under the hood or what happens is, you know, partners change and, you know, some want to do different things at different times and they don't talk about that ahead of time. But I, I get some real estate that has some problems, you know, and they're, they either have leases that are under market or like deferred maintenance and all of that. And they, they didn't plan on, on those costs and just what happens when they, if they can't invest in those and changing that around themselves, they end up selling it for a lot less than it could be worth. Yeah. And I think that probably, you know, uh, is a lot of just education and experience combined, you know, on that spectrum somewhere. Cause I think, you know, being commercial properties, it's very different than your single family. Right. Um, and I feel some might, you know, you know, think it's the same or translate a single family into, into every other real estate where the due diligence is much different. Um, especially if you then break it down into, you know, uh, medical healthcare or, you know, multifamily or self-storage. Um, and that's probably where, you know, people can't get into trouble because it is very much not only, I think, asset specific, but then, you know, property specific, especially right. in real estate. Yeah. Right. So then geographically, do you store to stay close to home with your um, investments or do you branch out? Yeah. So no. Yeah. Uh, so uh, short answer is we do branch out. Um, we do have a lot of properties in Dallas uh, where I'm from. Um, that's just, uh, I guess, fortuitously that Texas markets have been so great. Um, a lot of people and headquarters moving to to Dallas, not just Dallas, but um, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. So that's just um, um, being on the right side of the trend there. Um, same thing uh, with those trends. Uh, you see, you know, um, Florida, um, Georgia, North and South Carolina, and, and or Tennessee. So we have properties in all of those states um, with our partners and investors. Um, basically anything you can do to mitigate the risk of your investment, right? It, uh, even if it's a good investment, doesn't mean every piece of commercial real estate property would make sense. And so um, the whole point is um, to help investors then feel comfortable. Well, how do you feel comfortable is if you can mitigate, you know, any risk factors you see and, and in real estate is location and how many, how many your tenants, right? So right. Um, you want to be where there's a lot of jobs, a lot of people, a lot of economic diversity, um, and and that you put yourself at the best chance of you know succeeding. Right. So um, we're going to move into the the Q and A portion. Awesome. We get to know you a little bit. So, what was your first job? Uh, my first job, I actually worked for my parents. Um, so they're they're entrepreneurs in, in business, and they um, wholesale um, and manufacture. Um, uh, giftware, I guess, like ceramic giftware. So it's actually a, I think by now, 40 year family business. Um, wow. So I kind of just basically worked for them unknowingly as a kid. And then um, <laughs> out of college, they stuck me there before I went to med school. And so um, that's what I did. I like did not like it. <laughs> um, it felt very transactional. And, and so um, I'd always enjoyed biology and science and um, building relationships. And so I think that was like a big, um, you know, value for me. What else do you think you'd be doing for a living if you were not a physician and I guess real estate investing? Oh my gosh, uh, that's <laughs> such a hard one. It's such a good one. Um, I thought, um, I, I feel like I would have been uh, some kind of teacher, but not really, you know, teacher, you know, specific, because I, I tell kind of our investors now what I'm doing in real estate is uh, very much uh, akin to what I do as a physician. 
-hmm. helping um, uh, people, you know, sift through a large amount of information and trying to help you uh, come to an informed decision in as objective way as possible, right? Um, right. So that's what I'm doing. It's just in a different subject. So I would like to think that whatever life or lives I, I create after this will be somewhat similar, um, since I really think that is the highest and best use of my time. But outside of that, I really love um, like anthropology um, and history combined, like social anthropology. Um, I don't think my parents knew what that was, or so I would have had <laughs> no no way to to really study that. Yeah. What are who are you reading or listening to right now for news information or inspiration? Um, I I I do listen to a bunch of podcasts um, or YouTube, you know, whichever version. Um, And um, one thing uh, I think as I've invested over the years is really uh, trying to learn better, um, like macroeconomics, um, like you know, interest rates, you know, right. And inflation, deflation, um, was something that is, you know, totally was totally brand new to me, but the more you invest, the more you realize, you know, even though commercial real estate is a great asset, you still have to think about even bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my, um, you know, continuing education besides what we do is to really, okay, let's expound it, uh, you know, um, go, you know, further, you know, bigger, wider circles. So we're operating under, a larger system. So I need to understand the larger system of macro and economics um, um, to really then, right, then understand, okay, can we weather any changes or are we really on the side of mitigating risk? Um, and so that's kind of where I, I've spent a lot of time now just to, uh, you know, further and deepen my knowledge in that. So um, books or podcasts surrounding that. I'm sure there's a lot right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And then really learning um, how, you know, there can be varying perspectives, but there might be some, you know, grain of truth to it, even though it might be two totally different, um, you know, points being presented. Right. Yeah. What is one thing you do every day for healthy self-care? Um, I sleep a lot <laughs> um, <laughs> if I can. Uh, but uh, one thing I, I do need to get back to doing is just, just exercising. I'm sure we're all guilty of that. Um, COVID kind of put me out of my routine um, and working in the hospital. So uh, that's, that's one thing um, I hope to, you know, get back on and build. Well, I have two questions. Um, usually I, I do one, but since you're both relate, I'll, I'll do both. Um, so with regard to being a physician, do you think um, a person is born with a de- desire to heal or is it only, is it learned through their training? Oh, you have hard questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think there's probably, um, I would say, um, I don't, I would, I would say being a physician is not too unlike any other, you know, profession, meaning that there's probably certain, you know, predilections, um, and, and personalities, um, that make you more favorable. But I think, um, overall though, you need the experience, you need, you know, maybe reinforcement of things you're good at, right. Or have had positive um, you know, cult, being cultured along the way to, um, there's just so much that goes into, you know, how we progress through education, um, into college. So I think it's like, for me personally, the one-on-one relationships, right. Um, uh, make a uh, feeling like I'm learning, you know, objective information. Um, that's, what's very important to me. So I don't feel like I'm biased or feel like I, um, presenting something that I don't believe in, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then do you think leaders are born or trained? Um, that one I would definitely say is, is trained. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. So, um, and um, that's something I'm working on, you know, honestly, uh, because it's, um, I think 
you know, being a physician or whatever profession, if you have a platform, um, then uh, it becomes more of a responsibility, uh, right, to because if you're sharing information with people, or people are listening or trying to take guidance or advice from you, then um, then you are a leader, right? And so that's not something a lot of times I struggle with because I want to just be seen as, oh, I'm me, I'm trying to figure out myself too. Um, but I definitely think it's it's definitely more of a train and there's a lot of things you can learn to, to be more effective. Great. Well, thank you, Cherry. This has been a great interview and I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much, Trisha. I'm grateful for you tuning in to the Providers, Properties, and Performance podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast with others. As a disclaimer, this podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only and not intended for specific real estate investment advice.